morning, everyone. Um, what an honor and a privilege to worship the Lord. Thank you to the worship team. That was uh, amazing. You know, there's something that happens when you have people that have a genuine heart to worship the Lord. Because um, you may sing the words, but worship doesn't come from the words. It doesn't come from the, the, the voice, the ability to sing. It comes from the heart. And it always is felt in the atmosphere as, as those kind of people worship. So this morning was truly a blessing. And um, this, this morning's message is actually inspired by Charlotte's mes- message uh, uh, last week. What an awesome message she preached last week. Uh, talking about one of the foundational truths pertaining to us as believers, and that is freedom. You know, when, when, when you look at builders, for example, when builders build, they always make sure that they take time to lay a proper foundation. Because everything that is going to be built hangs upon the foundation. And sometimes, I think, I think because maybe some of these foundational truths, they are so simple, sometimes we, we ignore them. But we forget, for example, again, that every foundation over time begins to develop cracks. And cracks in the foundation are not always a sign that the foundation was not properly built. But sometimes it's just how concrete is designed. Over time, it will develop cracks. So there are some cracks that you really have to pay attention to because they speak to the fact that the foundation was not properly built. But some cracks, you can just blast over them and ignore them. They, they, they are just part of their design. And that's, that's part of us. Because a lot of the times, it, it, it is so interesting how when you have conversations with people, we know what we know. But how we know it, we don't know. The only thing that we know is that we know. You, you, you ask someone, for example, a simple question. Tell me, who's your favorite preacher? Most people will be quick to list this, 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 which is not a bad thing necessarily. But continue to ask a question. Why do you have a favorite preacher? What does that mean? And a lot of the times it will be silent. Because... A lot of the times, they've arrived at that point, but they've never really taken the time to question that as to how did they get there and what does it mean for them in their journey? Because God has given, yes, apostles, prophets, and so on. He has given different giftings to different uh, members of the body. But it doesn't mean that God, just by virtue of that, he has gifted this one, he cannot use this one. And if you lean too much on this idea, that one, and that's why now we have to come back to the foundations and check some of these basic foundational truths in terms of, do we really know them as we're supposed to? And a lot of the times, what God does is that because he knows us, that we are stubborn, <laughs> that no matter how many times we are told, we'll continue in our stubbornness. So what God does is he brings along situations along our path, which will force us now. Because sometimes you are told as a way of saying, you uh, uh, do that out of your own will. 
and then you refuse. If you, if you look at Jonah, for example, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh, but he refused. Up until something had to force him to take the, the path that he needed to take. So sometimes situations will come, and when they do, they then force you to come back to say, the foundational truths that I'm standing upon, what are they? And, and in terms of what I'm facing, how far can they carry me? So this morning, I'm just going to go back and, and, and follow from what Charlotte preached and, and just talk about salvation leading up to warfare. I've titled pre, pre, Predestined. Uh, if I don't talk about anything that has to do with Predestined, don't blame me. Uh, Dale was pushing me for a title, so the word that came was Predestined. <laughs> So I gave him that title. But maybe, 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 yeah. In, in, in fact, I think I did give Dale one scripture that has to do with, with predestined, which was Romans 8, uh, verse 29, which talks about that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. We were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. Charlotte mentioned this when, when, when she said, you are saved for something. Now, we are predestined to be, to be conformed to the image of the Son, but maybe before we, we explore that further, because again, we have to come back to this. Truth is singular. It has many aspects or sides to it, but it is singular, which means any one person standing here will talk on the one aspect, and another will talk on another, 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 but combined, it presents this one truth which is Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to go back to, to the story of salvation because if you, if you, if you want to maybe have a picture of the story of salvation, our journey, look at the story of the Israelites from bondage to freedom. If you look at uh, Exodus, I think it begins from chapter 7 all the way up to 12. God is at work with the plates. Uh, from chapter 13, uh, you see now they are coming out of Egypt. And 14, they are, they are troubled and so on. But continue and you get to chapter 16. They start to complain. They are saying, in Egypt, we were sitting before meat pots. And we are now hungry and all of that. Continue with the story God continues to walk with them in the, in the, in the wilderness. But maybe, maybe I'll, I'll skip this part. Before you even get there, as they come out, which is uh, Exodus, Exodus 13, as they come out, God says he could have led them along a shorter path, but because he knew that that path would have meant that they needed to fight and the warfare which they would have faced would have caused them to turn away. So he took them another path to avoid that warfare. Now we continue to uh, Numbers 11. They complain again. This time they're crying about cucumbers, uh, onions, and leeks, and, and all, all those kind of things. If, if you go to uh, Numbers 12 now. Numbers 12, this is, this is no, no, sorry, Numbers 33. Numbers 33, after they've walked uh, for some time, the, you get to Numbers 33. This is now when they are about to cross the Jordan. 
And God says to them, this land that you're going into has people. I'm just paraphrasing. Has people in it. But you need to go in and conquer all of them. Don't leave a single one because those that you leave behind, they will trouble you. Now, I just wanted to, want us to come back uh, following from that story. The way that God designed our journey, if you look at it, someone once asked this question, when does God really begin to be at work in a believer's life? Is it after salvation or before salvation? For me, I strongly believe, and even looking at the book, that they were still in Egypt and God was working it out for their freedom. So God will begin to be at work long before you get saved. You get saved, God is still at work. But here's the thing. As you get saved, as you are freed from that land of bondage, no one comes out empty. See, if I have a cup full of Coke, if I come out of the land of bondage, it doesn't mean that this cup automatically becomes empty. Everyone comes out with something. Whether it's a full cup or half cup, quarter, whatever, but everyone comes out with something. And as evidenced by the fact that they are now crying for the meat pots, they're crying for the onions, and so on and so on, because they're crying for what they know, what is already within. And now God is taking them through a, another journey. And interesting that God knows us. He knows where he is taking us, but he knows where we are in terms of our respective journeys. God will never take you straight from salvation into warfare. Because he understands that you're not ready for that. You will see certain things there and you will be overwhelmed. And you might turn away and run. So God designs it that he still needs to work out of you the things from the land of bondage, the things that know nothing of who God is and his power and his plan that he has for you. So he walks the journey with you through the wilderness, not as a way of punishing you, but as a way of teaching you who he is so that when you finally get to the point where he takes you over to what he has freed you for, you are ready for it. And now, I want to spend a little bit of time on, on, on Numbers 33. Because now, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that God will help me uh, uh, communicate this properly because I know that it, it can cause some, some friction with some people. But I'm just trying that, trusting that His Spirit will help me communicate this properly. When you get to that picture of them having to cross over, and God says, now you have to go in and possess the land. The question that, I, that, that comes to my mind would be, which land do we now as believers and new creations, which land are we then to possess? And if you look at it from this concept of that, we come out with something. And that something is carried away in our minds, which means the first territory that we need to win over is our minds. And hence the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because all of these things that pull you back to that which you know or which you used to know are in your mind. But now God is trying to say to you or to us that we are no longer bound by any of those concepts. That's why when you, when you get to, um, I think it's Exodus chapter 12, God takes them out of the Egyptian calendar. He says, to you, this shall be the beginning of months. And if you look at that concept, it says, yes, the world has its own systems. Let them continue with their systems. But I am taking you out of those systems and placing you into a different way of doing, of thinking, and so on. Which means now, before you get to that uh, 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 space that God is calling you to, God will work, walk with you, leading you to a space where he now introduces the idea of warfare. Many times I think the message that has been preached or that has been presented is the kind of message that says, get saved, get it all. Get saved, just Floats in the comfort zone. The picture has not been presented enough that says, get saved, be equipped, fight. Because that's the picture. And now, Paul says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. You find that uh, in the church, there's a phrase that we use a lot of the times, which is deliverance. And it's quite an interesting uh, phrase. Here, a lot of people saying, this person needs deliverance, or someone will say, I need deliverance. But then again, we have to come back to what I said earlier. What does that mean? Against what Charlotte was talking about, freedom. Because if you look at the word deliverance or deliver, it has this idea of setting free. And now, if we have been set free, and someone says, I need deliverance. What, what exactly does that mean? Because I, I will not stand here and talk of right or wrong or say that phrase is wrong. But I will maybe shed some more light on this. Because I feel that it can be a place of stumbling and cause a lot of us to remain waiting for this deliverer. Waiting for this person who is going to do deliverance. We need to run a class on deliverance. We need to get this person to pray for this one for deliverance and so on and so on and so on. And to me, sometimes when I listen to those kind of stories, I don't necessarily deny them. But to me, it paints a picture of that. The equipping has not been done as it should be. Because if you look at it, God did not say, I don't, oh, okay, no, it's fine. Just going to put it here. God did not say, someone is going to go in and fight for you. He said, you need to take possession of this land. And in the context of the, of the new creation, Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. Which means now, Colossians chapter 3 says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Which means now, in the same context, 
We are not fighting a physical war, but we are fighting a spiritual war. And hence, the need for spiritual warfare or weapons. And which now takes us back to this idea that says, a situation is going to come along our path. What is our response? Most of the time, myself included, But something has to be done, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's recording. Okay, it keeps going on and off. Um, we spend almost all of our time focusing on the issue. I, I, I've just recently come to this understanding. Genesis 2 talks about that it's not good for men to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable. Hello. (laughs) I think this one is fine. Now, when you look at the word suitable, we, we always put ourselves first. This person has to suit me. I am like this, so this person has to cater to my needs, has to fit into this way that I'm built and all these kind of things. And then you get married. And then, and then, and then you get married. And then you discover that it was all a dream. It doesn't exist. Something else exists. And as you, as you grow, you begin to realize that actually something else exists which is greater than what you came in with. Because you begin to see this thing in the context of who Christ is and the plan that he has for you. You begin to see this thing that this person is suitable for me, not in terms of my feelings, my wants, my needs, and all those kind of things. But he is, she is suitable for me in relation to the journey that I'm walking with God. The journey for each and every one of us requires different things. Some are hidden well deep within. And those things will never come out up until the right person pulls them to the surface. Because someone can say the same word and does nothing to you. But someone close to you says the same word and you're broken. So when this person says that word, you might think I'm fine. But then someone else says the same word and then you're broken. Then the question is, were you really fine? Or was it just hidden underneath the surface? And now God brings along a suitable person along your journey to bring those things up so that he can deal with them, equip you, and cause you to understand that as these things come to the surface, they are actually what you were called for. You were predestined for this. Nothing wrong is happening. 
This thing is part of your journey, so I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going to try and, and, and wish it away and do all these kind of things, but I'm going to now look at it from this perspective that says, this is the territory that I'm called to conquer. And, and, and now, going back again, God says, if you leave anyone, they will harass you. Which means now, we are not called to take this approach where you, you are very vicious and violent concerning this topic, but with others, you assume a, a posture of defeat. Every aspect pertaining to your journey, your life, anything that comes and that does not reflect the journey that God has set you on, you remember or you are reminded of who you are. That you are a child of God, saved by the grace of God, but for warfare. We can never avoid warfare in our respective journeys. In fact, when you look at it, as you begin to step in, because a lot of the times when, when you are faced with, I'm not talking about just minor things, I'm talking about situations that look beyond you, you don't even know where to begin. That is when God is revealed. Because when you're still in a position where you, you, you're looking at your own strength and you have ideas and so on and so on, I'm not saying that God is not there, but God is revealed even greater when you step in and you say, I am finished. I don't know how to deal with this. But as, as you step in, in faith, trusting that God is the one who set you on this path. If you look at the Israelites, uh, Numbers um, 13, there were, there was, there were, spies were sent into Canaan, but they came back with the report that there are giants there. Only two people said, let us be faithful to God. Let's go in. God is going to be with us. So, this morning, to me, what, what has been said greatly is this, this foundational principle that says, God, God, God has freed us. He has set us free. It is done. It is finished. There is nothing that the enemy can do to take us back. He can, through the fact that we are not empty and our consciences are trying now to display or show themselves as if they are something when they are not. Because your mind will present an issue and make it to be something that it is not when in fact it is a shadow. And what that shadow will do, it will move you to a place where you forget about the freedom. You forget about the finished works of the cross. Then you begin to chart a different path. A path of defeat, of misery and all that. And I'm, I'm not in any way trying to downplay the hardships that have to do with the fact that you are facing a difficult situation. But there is another response. That's all that I'm saying. The response is not standard that every time a fight comes along your path, you turn and run. A fight comes along your path, you are defeated. There is another part where you say the foundation that I stand upon Salvation says, comes by grace through faith. By grace through faith. 
which means this one too, I'm going to conquer by grace through faith. By, by his grace, he's going to keep me. God says that to, to uh, Paul, Second Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul says he prayed three times for this stone to go away. God did not take it away, but he said, my grace for, for you is sufficient. Some situations will not necessarily go away. But by design, because God wants to show you. Psalms 139 says, where can I run to? If I go up, you're there. If I go down, you're there. God wants to show you that uh, contrary to this idea that God is in the light only, he's also in the darkness. Contrary to this idea that God is there just because you, 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 you have cars, you have this, everything is going well, you, at home things are going fine, then God is there. That's not the truth. The truth is that God is there because you believe, you have faith in that he is faithful. He has promised and it is so. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you and he's not going to start now. He never sleeps, he never slumbers. He's not going to start now. So whatever situation is before you by grace through faith, Yes, it's difficult. Yes, I'm challenged. Yes, I don't know how I'm going to go through. We were talking with Tim the other day that there's a difference between someone who's going to go through a situation and they come out the other side having learned nothing. Because the problem now is that we are blessed to be a blessing. God imparts to us but for others. So which means if you come out the other side just saying, oh, thank you, Lord, I made it. That's all that you're coming out with that you made it. But now in terms of strengthening, equipping, telling someone that I've been there, I know what you're going through. Let's pray. Let's stand. Let's do this. Let's do that. You, you will have none of that because you chose to run instead of saying, who am I? Go back to this foundation and says, who am I? What, what design did God have for me? If now I'm going to say this situation should not be here, in essence, we are denying God. It's almost like what Peter was talking about, that now he is God because things are going well. When things are not going well, he's something else that cannot be so. God is God no matter what may be happening in our lives. So, this morning, I'm just going to pray for this word that God will help us all. There, there is not a single person who can stand and say, this word is for that person, this person. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 says, there's not a righteous person who does not sin. Maybe if, if, even if you're not looking at it from the context of sin, but he's trying to paint this picture that there is not a single person who does not go through things. All of us are going through things, so we need God as much as anyone else. Things may be well for you this time. And maybe God is saying, strengthen others. And things when are not going well for you this time, God is saying, draw close to fellowship. Draw close to him. Stand still and know that he is God. I, I don't know what is happening, but I'm just going to stand. I'm not going to run and, and, and be all over the show, but I'm just going to stand and say, Lord, I want to see your salvation. I want to see you working this out so that one day I will stand here and say, I have a testimony, church. I want to tell you about the goodness of God because 
a lot of the times we want that. We want to stand and give testimonies. But when the tests come, we forget who we are. That we were called for warfare. Warfare does not mean that ah, I need someone to come and do this. Yes, someone can pray because maybe you are being overwhelmed at that time. But after having prayed for you, having, having dealt with whatever issue, whether it's a spirit or whatever, after that has been done, you come back and you stand on this idea that, okay, now I'm continuing. Now I am set on the journey that I was called for. Because if you're going to be forever sitting or leaning on this idea that someone has to come, someone has to pray, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, then you have not embraced this idea that what is happening is there to equip you. Let us pray. Our King, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we bow before your holy name. We give you all the praise. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord, for the day that you have made. Thank you, Father, that in this day, indeed, we shall rejoice. Rejoice not because things are going well, not because we understand it all, not because we see everything laid out fully before us, but because we have faith. We trust you, our Father, and we know that whatever may be troubling us right now, it is only for a moment, and that in due time, you are going to reveal yourself strong and mighty in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.